Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by staff writer Vincent Davis and the subject of his latest San Antonio Stories column, Rihanna Ward. Welcome to the show, Vince. Good to have you back. Thanks, Luis. Glad to be here with you and Mrs. Ward. And uh, welcome to the show, Ms. Ward. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing great. How's everybody? I'm good. I'm good. It's I'm great. So uh, let's start with the with the usual. Uh, how did you meet Miss Ward? How did um, how did this story come about? Uh, you know, so um, one of my sources, uh, Laura Ablin, had uh, been talking to me about uh, Miss Ward and uh, the work that she's done and she's doing. So um, I didn't know much about the life of archaeologists. So I thought it would be a great glimpse into the work that a lot of us, you know, really have no idea, you know, what that entails. I learned a lot from Miss Ward about her work, things that we don't really think about when it comes to um, archaeology. Miss Ward, tell, tell, tell us about yourself and, and kind of how you got started in archaeology. So uh, currently I am a, the one of the uh, associate or um, assistant directors of the cultural resources department at Robert Kistner. Um, that's a San Antonio based firm. And I have been working in archaeology for well over 10 years at this point. Um, I've worked in Belize, did a majority of my uh, undergraduate and graduate or actually my undergraduate work down in Belize. And then a majority of my early career was based in um, the U.S. South region, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, predominantly. Um, Within the past couple of years, though, I've been working here in San Antonio doing archaeology. Um, San Antonio is pretty unique that it has its own uh, what we call the Unified Development Code, which kind of regulates cultural resources here in this city. So a lot of my work over the past couple of years has been here in San Antonio. Um, It's really a lot of fun. Um, Definitely different than the beginnings of my career, Um, but it has definitely progressed to a point where I am just so proud of the work that I do here in the city. And actually, let me ask you, because you mentioned Belize right now. What was it about Belize that really uh, that stood out and and made you want to to pursue archaeology? What was it about that trip specifically? So when I was an undergrad, I went to uh, UTSA here in San Antonio. I was in my third year and I still had not declared a major. I was sitting in my advisor's office one day and they're like, you need to pick something or you're not graduating. And of course, you know, I did not want to be there any longer than necessary. What, what, what kid wants to, you know? So um, my advisor had looked at my transcript and said, oh, if you only take two more classes, you can get a degree in anthropology. Well, I knew what anthropology was. I have an uncle who also majored in anthropology, archaeology. So um, subconsciously, I had picked all the classes that interested me, and they just all happened to be anthropology, archaeology classes. So one of the last classes that I had to take was actually my field school. So um, it's pretty standard. Anybody who majors in archaeology has to take a field school. It teaches you the basics of archaeology, what archaeology is and how you do it. Um, Most of the time, you really cannot get a job in archaeology unless you have had a proper field school. So at the time, um, I was working in Belize because that was the field school that UTSA was offering at the time. 
Um, my work down in Belize is actually in the northwestern corner of the country um, on a nature preserve. Um, it's very secluded. The mm-hmm. nearest what you would consider a town was a 45 minute drive away. And it was really just a gas station and um, a little, you know, corn mill kind of situation. Um, so that's how I ended up in Belize. It, it just it, by chance, it was the class that was being offered at the time, but it ended up, you know, tumbling me down into this rabbit hole of archaeology and I ended up falling in love with it. That's incredible. Um, Vince, do you have anything you want to follow up with? Yeah, no, I, um, like I said, there was um, so much great information that um, Mrs. Ward shared with us. I guess I would ask, you know, maybe she could talk a little bit and I know it's hard to pick one, but maybe um, one or two of the projects that, um, that are memorable to her. Um, so I'm going to go with a really cool one and what would probably seem to be a really boring one, but in <laughs> my mind was, uh, something that would, that really, so before we had spoken of, you know, the beginnings of archeology span really starts with shovel bumming. Um, that's just a term that we archeologists apply to, um, in the very beginning, you spend a lot of time in the field, conducting surveys, digging shovel tests, and day in, day out, you know, 12, 13 hour days, sometimes, you know, six, seven days a week, you're in the field, in and out, cotton fields, rice fields, sugarcane fields, which are horrendous, by the way, to walk through. Um, so the bulk of your career starts on that. And I really like to see that as kind of a make it or break it kind of situation because so hot, you're just covered in plants. Like it's just uh, when you're digging shovel tests, like, if you can't hack a shovel test, you can't hack archaeology. It's just, it, this is it. Um, so one of the projects that's most memorable to me, to me, I was actually working near Natchez, Mississippi. Um, I was there for, oh man, maybe about three months. And we were working seven days a week, 13 hours. And those first two weeks were brutal. Um, but after two weeks, you know, you just kind of acclimate to your surroundings, to the work. And it was just day in, day out, day in, day out. And it's funny because whenever I think about my early career, it always goes back to that project. Um, as far as the archaeology, didn't find anything fantastic, you know, found a couple of sites. Um, one really cool one was we actually ended up finding a, a little family cemetery. Um, the only grave that was marked in the cemetery was a Confederate soldier. We're in the middle of a, a, of a, a national park too, mind you. So we're literally in the middle of nowhere and we just walk into this open field and there's a little cemetery sitting there and it's a Confederate soldier. And we look up. And there's another stone that's next to him, which I could only figure would be his wife. And it happened to be her birthday that day that we found that. Wow. It was just surreal, you know, being in the middle of nowhere. And we just happened upon the cemetery and it was this woman's birthday. So um, we all sang her happy birthday, recorded our site and we were on our way. Oh, man. Um, Um, but the other parts of archaeology, you know, is really, you know, the people you work with too. Um, that project was phenomenal because of the crew and also to another perk of, you know, this shovel bumming that we do is the food. Oh my goodness. (laughs) We ate 
so well on that project. Um, just, you know, catfish from the gas station and tacos from the little vendor down at the corner. It was just amazing. But those are the things that remind you, you know, it's not just about digging shovel tests. It's not just about finding artifacts. It's the relationships you build, the crews you have, the projects you're on, the places you're at, the food you eat. Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. One of the, you, one of the things in the article that really stood out is how long you've been working on the, on the Alamo on the Alamo project. Can you talk more about that? You have, how long have you been on, on the, on the Alamo project? We were in the field for 17, a day shy of 17 months. It was a phenomenal undertaking. We had so much work to do on that project and we got it all done. Um, but it was definitely the longest field project of my career. I mean, well over a year in the field, um, just, you know, physically doing the work, you know, uh, excavating, you know, documenting. Um, it's it's a monumental task. And until you're actually doing it, you don't realize how much of a monumental task it is. But yeah, we were out there for 17 months. Um, you know, it, I keep saying it was a day shy of 17 months. That day really kind of niggles at me. I'm like, man, we could have just like swept a little bit more dirt for one more day and just made it that extra day. Um but yeah, it was a, a pretty big project, big crew. Um, one of the larger crews that I've worked on on a single site. Um, I have worked on other projects where we had large crews, but you know those crews were typically divided into different areas. Um, but this is the biggest project with the biggest crew that I've had to manage in one single place. No, you know, there was, um, I think we had uh, talked about, um, I think the work that was done um, under the long barrack in the church. Is that right, ma'am? Yeah. So uh, the whole part of the uh, Alamo project that I was a part of um, is for preservation and restoration. Um, for the longest time, you know, we've all known that the Alamo building is not in the best condition. Um, the church in the long barracks have been um, going through this state of deterioration, uh, but we just could never figure out why. So there is a uh, project going on right now where they are installing a series of equipment and running tests and analyses on both the church and the long barracks to determine why is this building falling apart and how can we fix it? Um, part of that task was, you know, the structural engineers and the architects needed to see the foundations of those buildings. Um, you obviously can't dig a hole at the Alamo without an archaeologist present. So it was our task to provide those holes, those windows for the architects and the engineers to better uh, assess the condition of the building. So we were out there, even though we got a lot of great archaeology, it was not for archaeology. We are out there for preservation to help um kind of facilitate this preservation and restoration project that's ongoing. One of the last things uh, before we let you go, but my favorite question to ask people who are like really passionate about their work is which part is the work part and which part is the fun part? Like I know probably being out in the field is a fun part. At what point is it, is it work for you? Which part is the work part? Oh, definitely the work part. Straight answer on that is the reporting. Um, a lot of times, you know, when, you know, um, professionals in any field have to write a report, you know, it's pretty meat and bones dry. This is what I did. This is what I found, you know, the end, maybe check a couple of boxes. When you write an archeological report, there is so much information and interpretation that goes into that project. Um, not, I, I do have to go through and say, Hey, this is what I did. And this is what I found, but then I have to kind of backtrack and do a lot of background research and say, 
this is why I found this, or this is where I put this. So there's a lot of supporting data that needs to be kind of ferreted out in archival research. And then comes the really hard part of, you know, writing what I found, what I researched, and what this means now. How can I tie those two things together to create this interpretation that's going to tell the story of what happened here at this site? Um, you know, humans are flawed. Nobody is perfect. You know, there, there's a right way to build a foundation, and then there's a way a foundation was actually constructed. Why? Who, who built this wall? You know, the hard part is really wrapping your head around what information you have, what information you found and telling that story and making sure you get it right, because not everybody's going to get it right the first time. But you need to have every piece of evidence that you can to make sure you're giving that person who is no longer here the appropriate voice and you're telling their story. Um, That is definitely the hardest and most stressful and most time consuming part. Uh, of archaeology. You know, I can spend a week in the field, but it'll take me three weeks to write that report. Uh, so that is definitely where the work comes in. You know, um, it, it's stressful, but at the very end of it, when it's done and said and all tied up with a NEPO, it, it's a great sense of achievement. Wow. Well, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Vince, always a pleasure to have you on as well. Thank you. Thanks again. And thanks again for sharing your story, Miss Ward. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.